To the SDSU podcast presented by the East Village Times with your hosts Andre Hagberdian and Paul Garrison. Welcome, listeners, back to the SDSU podcast. I am your host, Andre Hagberdian. This is episode 120, and it's continuing to get you ready for the baseball season at San Diego State that is about to start this weekend on Friday night. 5 p.m. at Tony Gwynn Stadium as the Aztecs take on Portland to start a three-game series on the opening weekend of the season. Two episodes ago, we had a sit-down with four players from the baseball team, Irvin Weem, Sean Montoya, Omar Serrano, and Johnny Guzman. Today's episode, I had a chance to chat with head coach Sean Cole to get us ready for the season, ask them uh, about some of the starting rotation some of the positional battles and, you know, how they're going to look to uh, jumpstart the offense, which was uh, a main area um, that needs improvement from last season. They had one, they had the best pitching staff ERA wise in the mountain West the last two seasons. And they obviously want to continue that and improve upon that and get even better. But the offense definitely needs to pick up the slack if they want to not just win a regular season title, but the win the conference tournament and uh, get in deeper into uh, postseason baseball. Let's get to my conversation with Coach Cole, and then Paul and I will come back and uh, give our takeaways about this discussion. We want to welcome SDSU baseball coach Sean Cole back to the podcast. How are you doing today, Coach? I'm doing good. How are you? We're doing good too. Hopefully, you're staying uh, dry and safe from uh, this tornado warning. Yeah, I took my kayak into work this morning. I'm I'm just kidding. We <laughs> we we started preparing last week, so we shifted gears and went to a local indoor facility and got our bullpen working. And um, our hitters took today off, which is not necessarily a bad thing. So yeah, the the rain's been interesting. Hopefully, this is is the last of the of the the big heavy winds and rain how did the off season go for the aztecs on your first off season as head coach you're talking about over the winter break yeah yeah it was good uh knock on wood everybody came back healthy everybody came back stronger uh we had a great winter vacation and um also enjoyed the holiday season with family and friends you know we had uh four of your players on the podcast last week uh, Irvin Weems, Sean Montoya, Omar Serrano, Johnny Guzman. You know, what makes those four special parts of your team this upcoming season? Uh, you know, they're all order, older. They're experienced. Um, you hope that they they take the next step forward to lead this group and um, mesh well with our incoming transfers and our freshmen. But, yeah, those guys are, are, are a core piece to what I think our success is going to be this season. You know, your season starts next weekend, February 16th, I believe. Are you ready to tip your hand on who the rotation is going to be for that opening uh, series? Sure. I'm I'm leaning toward Chris Canada on Friday night, uh, Omar Serrano on Saturday, and then Xavier Cardenas on Sunday. Well, those are the three I think we were uh, thinking about, maybe in a different order. But uh, 
that's that's good to know uh why in those why those three and what what that order uh i always lean toward resumes and experience and i think the natural progression always was for for chris to be the friday guy he's been the sunday guy he's been the saturday guy um same with omar he did a great job with sunday last year so uh move him up to saturday um xavier's done a great job he's he's actually he's pitched well enough to to argue that he should be the friday guy but i don't forget that that he's he's uh not far removed from high school and um i just don't want to push push the gas too fast with xavier plus if if our older guys do what they're supposed to do on friday and saturday it sets us up really well with a, a really good sunday guy how do you how do you see the uh, bullpen playing out you know are you looking at a closer by committee or do you like to have that one ninth inning guy who's uh you know, going to be the guy and then, you know, some of your high leverage guys before him. Uh, I think we always like to have that one guy in the ninth that we're real comfortable with and we trust. Um, right now, I'm I'm leaning toward a rotation of guys early on just because I also like to have a seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning guy. On paper right now, we have quite a bit of depth, maybe more than we've had in, in the past. So we can match up with left handers, right handers and um really through the course of the weekend based off a of workload we might be able to to move some guys around and have three or four different closers you know one name that uh popped up was the jake jackson he, uh perfect game had listed him as a freshman of the year in the mountain west you know what can you tell us about jake and where do you see him playing this season big time athlete um if it wasn't for irv and sean Mo sean montoya in his way he'd probably be the the everyday center fielder um, and there's a chance we might rotate him in there uh, right now knock on wood it looks like we have three center fielders running around so that's good for the pitching staff and that's that's good for just our overall defense but yeah he's been he's grown tremendously coach Tarasco coach McDougal and and Foxcroft have all done a really good job especially coach Tarasco because he works with our outfielders uh, but Jake is a he's a super athlete and I think everybody knew that out of high school and uh, three sport guy. Um, we're happy to have him in the program, and I think he's, I think he's going to impact our lineup every day. Uh, so I'm excited to see him, him go through the course of his season, and uh, I'm excited for him to have a big freshman year. A lot was talked about uh, with the middle of the order from last year is gone. They've moved on. You know, where do you see the power and the extra base hits uh, coming from in the order? Good question. I, I think Jake's going to potentially be one of those guys. We have another freshman, Colby Turner, that I think is going to give him his, a run for his money uh, for freshman player of the year. We were just talking about Irv Weems. That's another guy that I hope he can get back to uh, where he was as a freshman and show power to all all fields. Um, Brady Lavoy is another one, a transfer from NC State that has a bunch of raw power potential. We're looking for him to take some steps forward and hopefully take some responsibility in that four, four or five hole and drive in some runs for us. Tito Betancourt's another one that's been around for a while that I think if we're, we're working on some adjustments right now, and if we can get to his power, he could be another, another threat in the lineup to hit some home runs. You know, when, when we had the discussion with your new staff uh, a few months ago, you know, base running was a, a topic of discussion. Talked about that with Irv and Sean as well. How do you think that's uh, going to play a part in your team's success this year? 
I mean, you saw how many attempts we had last year, over 100. So it's definitely been the identity of this program. And I think that's something that Coach Martinez established a long time ago. And we're looking to to carry that forward. Tony Tarasco has been doing a great job. Um, I've seen a, a, a bunch of guys going hard out of the box, going for doubles. And we've had some first to thirds and guys running on dirt balls. So we're definitely going to we're going to be aggressive on the basis. And that's going to be a part of our identity um, as a team talked about this already with you with the players last week you know the, the pitching was the strength of the team the offense struggled you know how do you think the offense has kind of um responded to the new coaching staff and maybe the the philosophy about uh, of hitting that maybe a bit might be a little bit different than the previous philosophy i'll answer that question in about six to eight weeks i'm just kidding I, so far so far they've done really well that's one thing i've been I've been very fortunate. We, our coaching staff from the very beginning has gelled together. They communicate well together. Um, the players seem to receive them well. You know, obviously I'm, I'm over with the pitching staff a lot, so I got to have three assistants that I really trust uh, with the offense and, and the identity we want to create. And so far, um, I think we're trending in the right direction. What do you, what do you see as like the main, one or two main keys to unlocking the offense? Is it power? Is it more taking singles? Is it, you know, base running? Well, what do you think is going to be the main key? Well, one of the things I talk about just with our, our team, our offense, even on the mound is balance. So if you're, you got to have a mix of all three of those things or four of them, you got to be able to hit singles. Uh, you got to be able to take the extra base. You got to be able to steal bases and if you're able to do those things and create chaos on the bases, that's when it usually opens up for the home run to show up. So especially in the Mountain West, if we're going to have guys on base, base and we're able to distract the pitchers a little bit, then that's when location starts to get sacrificed and balls get up in the zone. And then we just can't miss those those pitches and we got to be able to knock them out of the park. The um, one of the conversations we had right when you got hired was talking about the Padres and, you know, using them you know, as someone that's in the community, using the, them as a benefit. I think it was last week we saw on social media that some of the Padres pitchers were out at Tony Glenn Stadium uh, throwing to some mirror batters. Can you talk about what that was and how that came about, why that benefits your players? I think the same with UCSD, USD, San Diego State. We're all we're all looking to have a relationship with our flagship major league team. So uh, San Diego Padres reached out. They have some some concerts and some other stuff going on at Petco. So they they had some players show up early, which is a good sign. Hopefully that's positive vibes for their their upcoming season. But a lot of their major league arms were were looking to throw live BP, and some of their hitters were out here also. Uh, so they came over to San Diego State and it. It worked out great. It was a beautiful day, and and it looked like uh, there was a lot of good social media interest. So that's good for the Padres and for San Diego State. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're a pitching guy. The defense has to be a big part of your identity. You know, what type of defensive team do you think you have uh, this coming season? I'm going to stay with balance. That's what we've been talking about from day one, and and just. I, I learned this from from Andy Lopez at Arizona. Keep the game simple. Play catch on defense. Put the ball on play on offense, and throw strikes on the mound. And usually, good things work out. So uh, we're just seeking balance all the way across the board, behind the dish, on the dirt, in the outfield. 
and just play catch. Don't miss your cuts. Don't make mistakes, basically. Um, so those are the things that we're preaching right now and, and we've been working on. You know, a big part of defense, obviously, and pitching is uh, uh, the catcher. You know, you've talked about a catching competition. How does that play out is who has emerged in that role? They're still competing against each other. So early on, I think I'm just going to I'm going to go back to balance again. We're going to balance it out. Evan Seib will mm -hmm. probably get the nod Fridays and Saturdays and David Whittle will be the Sunday uh, midweek catcher. And you could see that flip flop over the course of time. I am big on on relationships between catchers and pitchers. So if we do fall into those routines of the Friday, Saturday, Sunday guys, then probably pairing the catchers and trying to keep that uh, the same as much as possible. But yeah, out the gate, they're going to split time and they both earned the right to do that. So um, I'm excited to see what those guys do. And, and to be honest with you, I hope that we get balance from both of them through the whole entire course of the season because then that means they're both playing really well. Yeah, you know, when you got hired, one of the questions, you know, the post to you was about recruiting San Diego. You mentioned about how much talent is in this community. How do you think you've done in kind of um, keeping some of the local people in, in, in here in San Diego State or in the future and, you know, in your first offseason? Another good question and a good follow-up question. We actually just had our 2024 class official visits on campus last weekend, and there's a good core group in that mix of San Diego players, and and then same with the 2025 class. So that is uh, that's still the priority, and and we're going to maintain that. And um, you know, the 2026 class is a key class for us to target right now too, because uh, that's probably going to be a little bit smaller. Our our most recent group that just showed up and the ones showing up next year, are, they're 20 plus players. So um, we're going to scale it down and, and definitely be seeking key core San Diego guys in that 2026 group. So if there's anybody out there listening that's interested, reach out to Max Foxcroft for our prospect camps. Yeah, you have 19 freshmen on the roster, seven, <laughs> seven sophomores, nine juniors, three seniors. They, you could, you, you, some might look at it and say, like, we're going to build through the portal this offseason. But you, you did it a different way. You know, you did bring some portal guys in, but you also went heavy on freshmen. What was behind that approach? Yeah, you're probably going to get tired of hearing me say this, but some type of balance on both sides. So when you're looking at, at your roster, if you, if you sway too, too far to the transfer portal or, or you go too far to the high school ranks, then, then things can get out of whack. So, for me, whether it's right or wrong, I've kind of looked at the transfer portal as a, a free agent market, and we're going to sprinkle in areas of need, but we're going to stay true to, to player development. And then going back to what you just asked is growing uh, local homegrown talent, whether that, that blends all the way up to uh, Orange County or Los Angeles. We're still going to be in California pretty heavy. Same with NorCal. You got to have that good foundation and base, I believe, for culture and for your team and your program. And you got to be able to develop guys. And then, like I said, you can look up. And that's really where that 26 group may be heavy portal. It could be high school guys. It's really what we what we see in the next couple of years with the current personnel we have. Because of the youth on the team. Do you look at this season and it being your first year, do you look at this as a rebuilding year or is it more of a. We're full full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. I think that's one advantage of being here the last couple of years too is 
Coach Brown, Coach Martinez, myself, Coach Kirby, we recruited a lot of these guys. So I wouldn't look at it as the complete rebuild. I'm, I'm, I've been saying more and more to just our staff about this is a foundational year. Um, and that's where I am forecasting, you know, 2026, 2027. That's when we should be making a run at, at Super Regionals in Omaha. So there is a there are there are steps in the process. I hope that this group really really takes us as far as they can this year. Um, but I, I think they're in a they're in a good place for us to at least uh, be in a great position to win the Mountain West, host the, and win the conference tournament, and then get into a regional and get hot at the right time. And and we'll see where they take us. Last question: You are no longer the most recent head coach hire at San Diego State. Uh, Sean, Sean Lewis can take that uh, uh, recognition for now. What have your have you had discussions with Coach Lewis, and what are your thoughts on what he's doing uh, leading the the football team into twenty twenty four? Well, first thing I'll say is he's got a great first name. Yeah. He spells it a little bit different, but <laughs> no, they their staff to their credit they've been busy. I yeah. haven't seen haven't really seen them around much, and and. Some of that's my fault too. We've been busy with our preparation. The one thing I have seen is uh, them blowing up on social media and a lot of commitments. And um, it's definitely an exciting time for football. And and I'm eager to see what he's going to do with the offense. I I live close to campus and I've heard their early morning workouts going on over there. So it definitely sounds like they're heading in the in the right direction and getting after it. Yeah, Paul and I were actually able to attend last Wednesday's. 6 a.m. workout. Uh, okay. It was so dark. It was cold. But we made it out there. It's impressive stuff what they're doing. Yeah. And we really didn't have access to the strength and conditioning stuff from the prior staff. So uh, it's nice, at least for us, to have some access to the the winter conditioning stuff that they're doing now mm-hmm. to see you know, how that's all kind of playing into the process. So it's definitely exciting. Um the so the social media aspect is that does that play a factor into baseball recruiting as well? It does to a degree. I mean, it, you you can't as and you know I just had a recent birthday and and the guys like to joke I'm getting older is we can't ignore the way our generation consumes information or how they connect with others. So I think there definitely is an aspect. Um, we we've even on on the baseball side of things tried to kick that up a notch too on the social media side with what we're putting out there for example the padre stuff we definitely uh took advantage of that yeah and i've had a bunch of recruits text me just on the san diego padre stuff alone so i i can see why football is doing that plus all those really nice exotic cars they're putting in the end zone too when recruits come on campus those are all enticing things for sure yeah no it's as i said it's very different than what san diego state football has been over the last 15 years uh not necessarily, you know, better or worse, but different. And uh, yeah. the results on the field are what's going to matter. But I think it's re re it's kind of galvanized the fan base just as much as the players. And so uh, that's what we've heard anyway from a lot of the people that we talked to. So we'll see what happens. That's a good thing. We got to get people reconnected. You know, that's that's definitely been been top of mind for some of the recent meetings I've had with marketing about baseball and. Not so much because anything was being done wrong in the past. We're just trying to think of new ways and different ways to engage people and get them out to more games. I mean, at the end of the day, you said it. We need to win more. We need to put a better product on the field. And once we do that, 
and you mirror that with some of the ideas or visions going on with marketing and promotions, then all of a sudden you start creating a pretty good atmosphere and and then the sky's the limit. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, thank you for your time. I know we're all excited to get the season going next weekend. Good luck, and uh, hopefully we'll see you out there for some games on the field. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, are you, are you guys going to be around for opening weekend? Or I Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, Paul and I haven't uh, figured out exactly who's going to be there, but yeah, we want to. Yeah, I think Portland sent some of this Pacific Northwest weather down here a week early to try to disrupt us. Yeah, <laughs> I think the weather should be cleared up by next weekend. So I hope so. It's probably still going to be a little chilly, but yeah, hopefully there's no rain. Yeah. All right, coach. Have a good one. Okay. You too. Right. We want to bring in our, our co-host, Paul Garris. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's going on, Paul? Going on, Andre. Well, thank you. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, you could see the uh, wardrobe change that took place midway through. And I had, um, it was during the storm when we, one of the storms when we um, interviewed Coach Cole and I messaged Andre not very, you know, much before the interview and said, bro, I got a leak in my roof, man. I got to take care of it. So I appreciate you holding it down. Yeah, no, it was, I think it was probably the first interview I did solo on the episode. I know you did a few uh, with some coaches I couldn't make. So I'm glad I finally got to return the favor I'm, I'm, i know you've listened to it what were your thoughts about what coach cole had to say um i i thought they were refreshing um i thought it was really really good um first of all i thought you did a great job i mean overall um you know i thought the questions and the way that it lined up i thought it, you give you got a full overview of the season um i think most of all you know i thought i was most fascinated with his ideas of kind of laying out the progression of how he sees the next few years going um, the, the idea and the thought that, you know, in 26, 2026 and 2027, that's the year where talent wise, they should build up to being what they are. And, you know, I also thought it was interesting how he talked about that, but don't mistake that for a rebuilding year. And as you know, I listened to it the, the day that you had it and, you know, we've each written a preview of it. And so just kind of digesting that. And I think it's an important distinction because I think it's kind of impossible in college sports to truly do a rebuild because it's not like you get a better draft pick because you, you know, you finish worse. Like if, if anything that hurts you in recruiting, which is the lifeblood of your program. And so I thought his, his use of the word foundational, um, I thought was a great phrase. And, and I think it really sets up what 2024 is all about for the Aztecs. Baseball, you know, basketball and football obviously have, you know, most of Aztec Nation on social media, the attention of most right. of Aztec Nation, you know, the other sports take a backseat. The people that do follow baseball, most of them feel like the program and the team has underachieved massively. Mm -hmm. And to them, they might hear Coach Cole say, well, the goal is to win this conference this year and go to a regional and think that's not enough. Right. But I think it's a it's a stepping stone. And you have to give a new coach time, just like you got to give Sh Sean Lewis time football-wise, and you had to give Brian Dutcher time, even though that was a little bit different because it was such a seamless transition from that era. But um, I, I, I understand what he's talking about. You bring in 19, half, half of your team are true freshmen. Right. Imagine that on the football team or on the basketball team. Uh, but there's talented guys, and it's not like they brought in guys that can't play right away. I think... Uh, Coach Cole had a press conference earlier today 
what is it on Wednesday? I wasn't able to make it, unfortunately, but he, I think he mentioned two start, uh, position infielders that are going to be true freshmen starting. And then one, actually, no, he mentioned the third baseman and a left fielder, mm-hmm. true freshman starting. That's two out of your nine guys that are going to be, you know, starting as true freshmen. And so there's talented guys there, Jake Jackson, Colby Turner. It's exciting. I mean, Jake Jackson, reading about him was it was pretty astonishing. I mean, he had football offers. Uh, he averaged twenty two and nine playing basketball. That's that's a three a three sport athlete. Not just he's on the field or on the court, but he's actually like one of the top players on the field on the court. Pretty impressive, and and I'm really eager to see him play. You know, roam left field this year. And potentially center field in, in the coming years, as Coach Cole said. I I think you said it well, and and you know I think that's a real exciting piece to look for, and I think that's kind of what makes the Aztecs a little bit of an unknown, right? Because um, Jake Jackson from one um, publication was the freshman of the year. Well, if if he turns into a legit piece for this team, suddenly the offense doesn't look as like, well, where's 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 the hitting come from? Um, and so then I think that, that, that is like a, a real interesting part. And then I think third base, third base the last couple of years has been a black hole. Um, uh, there's, there, it's just, they haven't been able to find anybody who could play it. First of all, just defensively and the number of, of errors, you know, two years ago and then into last year and trying to find some consistency. Kay Martinez obviously did a lot of that. Charlie Ree had some play there last year, trying to figure out like what, what they do there and how they go for that like the idea that there there is a freshman who can come in and do that i think i think is is you know is good and then i think you turn to the pitching side of things and and i and i'm really fascinated obviously i think by like everybody in the country by xavier cardenas and seeing him in person during their scrimmage back in october was the first verification that everything coach cole said about him was true i.e there was scouts there to just do his two innings you know, it, it, the idea that, and the, but the thing that was interesting was, um, Troy Melton, who's um, now on the Detroit Tigers, you know, fast track to the major leagues, um, high, I think fourth, fifth round pick, you know, he was supposed, he was Xavier Cardenas before there was Xavier Cardenas. He was the last like big time prospect that it seems like, and I wish we could have asked, um, coach Cole, this question would have thought of it ahead of time, but it, it seems like there's some learning that has taken place because Troy Melton was a catcher in high school. He comes to the Aztecs. He's a, he's a bullpen guy kind of turned some heads in, in the um, summer league. And then he is going into without very much starter experience. And they put him as their Friday starter. This is our guy. And he has a bad year and his year is so bad that he comes back to San Diego state another season. Like he wasn't expected to. That was supposed to be his last year and they were going to get the most out of him. And he just didn't have a very good, he just didn't do well. And then he comes back. He's the Friday starter a second time and he's unreal. I mean, in a, in a, I mean, you know, he was like the bright spot on the team. And so like now you have Xavier Cardenas who his number of starts is, you know, relatively similar to what Troy Melton's was. But they're not putting him as a Friday starter. Um, they got veteran guys. And Troy Melton, the year that he didn't do so well, they had other pitchers who were veterans who could have made that natural progression that Coach Cole's talking about. 
Um, but they but they didn't they they jumped Melton over those guys. They, those other guys turned out to be better pitchers for the Aztecs than Melton did that year. In seeing that, it's just such a nice place for Cardenas to be because you know you got guys who throw hard in Canada and Serrano ahead of him, and so he gets to watch. Where did they do? What made that guy look uncomfortable in the order? What was the, the scouting report said this, this is how they approached it. This happened, you know, and you get to do all of that on a weekend, a series. And I think it just really bodes well for what they're trying to do. And I think it was really smart, but it seems like, man, they can have a pretty good rotation. Yeah. It made sense. What coach Cole was talking about. Like if, if our top two guys do what they're supposed to do, then look at game three, we're bringing in this guy who might have the best talent out of the three. Uh, it's really setting up like a, a, a series win, right? Or a prospect of a series win, how they're doing it. So they play first game on Friday night, five o'clock against Portland. The basketball team has a game at seven o'clock against New Mexico. So if a lot of people are heading to that game, you know, maybe make it to campus a couple hours early and go check out some baseball. Um, I really love, you know, today's val as we're recording this, this is Valentine's Day. And the uh, baseball team put out some uh, videos on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it these days, <laughs> where the players are going around campus and giving roses to the females and asking them to come to the game. And That's if everybody great. in those videos said they would come as if they did, you know, there should be a good amount of people there. Uh, <laughs> Because not many people said no, so uh, and who knows how many video, how many people they talked to, but it was really cool content. And those are the things that I think football is doing well content-wise, basketball is doing well content-wise. Just overall, the program, just slightly from a marketing perspective, at least social media marketing, has stepped up its game, I think, in the last year. And I think fans like that stuff. It's just a, a, get, a way to get interaction, right, with, with, with uh, fans, alumni, other students. And I really, I, I thought that was a really cool one for today. Yeah. And I, I, if you're, if you're, I don't see this. Oh, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube and you now see me in um, HD, it, blame Andre. Uh, this, this was my uh, Valentine's gift from Andre. He, he got me a, he got me a, an actual camera that shows me um, in all of my glory. And it's, it's not pretty, man. I'm, I'm, I apologize for everybody, but you can blame Andre. I try to stay blurry. I tried to stay in the 1990s, you know, granulated kind of stuff, but it didn't work out. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to put my phone in front of the camera and see if it, if it'll say it, but can you see that Andre at all? It's blur. It's hard. Uh, actually, yeah, it's better now. All right. So what it says is, is that if you have a ticket to the game oh, yeah. for the basketball game against New Mexico, you there get you in free to the baseball game. So you don't have to, uh, you don't have to do two tickets. You you get him free from from being able to that um, be able to see the first game like the first official game of the Sean Cole era at San Diego State you know and and I and I I just you know and, and kind of finishing on my ideas about the interview and about their season I really buy what their approach to what they're doing is I think building from within um, being able you look at you know what Coach Tarasco Coach Cole um, Coach McDougal and their track records in being able to develop players. Um, it seems to me like if you were to say like, okay, so what is San Diego State's coaching staff's strength? You know, we don't know them as recruiters yet, 
We don't know them as, um, as you know, what, what are their tactics during the game, how they manage the game, you know, things like that. We don't even really know them as teachers yet of this Aztec team. But what we do know from their history is that they can develop players. That's what their strength at. And they've done it at the professional level. They've done it at the collegiate level. The fact that like when they were saying, okay, how are we going to build the San Diego State baseball program? And they center it on player development. Number one, if I'm a player, that's what I want, right? Because if you're playing in college, that means you did not get drafted out of high school the way that you wanted to. And so you have to develop in order to beat those high school guys who either got drafted before you or who are freshmen or who are going to be leaving high school now and you got to be better than them. And so development, I think, is going to be the name of the game, should be the name of the game in this sport where, you know, NIL and stuff has touched a couple of programs, but like really thinking about it as being a huge moneymaker is maybe a few years away um, from that being everywhere. So I, I, I like the approach, man. And, and I think that uh, if, if we really are looking at 26 and 27 and we're having conversations then about the start of the season and expectations and getting votes in the top 25, I think we'll look back to 2024 and we'll say, this is when they beat expectations. This is when they showed up and they were better than what people thought they were going to be. And the aggressive way of, of running on the base paths, the, the being clean and balanced and all of those things that um, Coach Cole, like we'll see it play out. Um, and I think the flip side of it is, is if, you know, in a year from now, if we're talking about, well, you know, they brought in 19 guys from a year ago, but it didn't quite work. And so they're doing something different or things like that. It's 2024 that's going to tell that. And so I think it's an incredibly important season. Aztec fans who want to be uh, supporters of baseball, want to see San Diego State baseball do well. Um, you know, I think this is a great year to, to get in there on the ground floor and, and really make sure your presence is felt at Tony Gwynn Stadium. It's also apparent that this year's non-conference schedule is not as difficult as last year's potentially, which, you know, as a first for a first time manager with such a young team, that could be a good way to build some momentum, build some confidence. Uh, because, you know, we talked about it in previous episodes, their non-conference schedule was so bad last year. And that was, you know, where they went up against tougher competition and they were not able to compete. This year, I think with so many new faces and a new coaching staff, I think it's not an easy schedule by any means, but at least it's not the gauntlet that they may have had the past couple of years. And I think that could help them get off to a better start in the season and build momentum. Absolutely. Although I will say that Portland is, uh, they were in the preseason poll, they were voted number two yeah. in the WCC um, tied with USD. So like I said, I, I agree. I agree with what you said and, 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 um, getting that momentum and then going forward into the conference, man, I, I think can be huge. Um, and so it's, it's great, man. It's, it's hope. I know it's not spring, but hope spring, mm -hmm. you know, the same idea, right? Beginning of the season, it's like be hopeful and, and all of those things. And I think that as he said, as coach Cole said, like competing for a back-to-back -back regular season conference title is absolutely the expectation. There, there should be no reason why San Diego state can't be in that conversation here at the end of the year. Agreed. All right, guys. I, hopefully you guys appreciated or and enjoyed the interview with Coach Cole. Um, also appreciate uh, Paul's new uh, HD. Uh, <laughs> HD look. There it is. Uh, 
as always we appreciate you guys listening liking sharing following subscribing and uh you know we'll talk to you guys next time Listening to the SDSU podcast presented by the East Village Times with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison.